Welcome to the Opinionated Podcast with me, AJ, Brandon, and Jay. How y'all doing? Doing great. Doing great. Thanks. Okay. All right. So, I mean, this is our very first podcast. We're kind of doing it on the fly. We wanted to get the ball running. I mean, the ball rolling. I'm tripping. Um, And get started um, and move forward uh, with, you know, uh, better better working podcasts with your guys' opinions. You know, we're largely looking to – give our opinions on the NFL as well as other trending sports and definitely MMA. And, you know, that, that's what marks the name of the podcast opinionated because at the end of the day, it's, it's all our opinions. Um, just like everything you watch, any other podcast you listen to, it's all based on their opinion. And, you know, they, I mean, you know, there's the truth, which is the facts and the stats, and you can't really have an opinion about that. But anyways, I mean, let, let's get started with today. Um, so, let, let, let's go through. So it came out that George Kittle wants record money deal. His agent said, I'm not out here to, to do a tight end deal. I'm out here to do a George Kittle deal. So, I mean, first thing is first, do you guys think that George Kittle is worth a top record George Kittle deal? Uh, I'll start off first. Um, how's it going, everybody? Again, my name is Brandon. Um, I'm going to just – Go with, yeah, I mean, I think he does deserve it, but I don't know. I'm kind of a little bit on the fence about it because obviously George Kittle is a great uh, runner. You know, he doesn't fumble the ball. He's a great blocker. So he does pretty much everything that you could ask him to do. Is he the best player on their team? I Probably, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and then you got, you know, left tackles making – 22 million a year, as in what you said, Loremi Tunsil, right? Yeah, such a dumb um, deal by Houston. But, anyways. Yeah. So, I mean, if he's making 22 million a year and this guy blocks probably just as good, if not better, um, then a left tackle making 22 million a year, why can't you make him the highest paid person on your team? Ooh, I mean, that's a lot. 22, you know, uh, left tackles obviously out there to protect the quarterback's blind side. Um, which he does every play except running ones. Um, and Kittle really doesn't do that all that much. What do you think, Jay? Yeah, I, I, I agree with Brandon here, actually. I, I think Kittle is worth that money. I think the highest paid tight end right now is Hunter Henry. And, uh, you know, he's, he's around $10 million. I, really? I think Kittle's at least – I think I – think He's playing on the uh, tag. He's a what? Playing on the tag, right? Yeah, yeah, he played on the tag. Okay. Um. And, yeah, I think you see Kittle's value to the team when he went out for those games. You know, he came back for the Packer game. He was out for two and a half games. I think uh, they struggled mightily. They struggled to run the ball. They struggled to pass the ball. And I think, you know, you and AJ, you and I talked, he really unlocks their team offensively. Mm-hmm. And so I would say I would say Kittle's worth whatever <laughs> whatever he, he – he should be getting the most money on that team, in my opinion. Well, because who's their left tackle? Didn't they get the guy from Washington? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Trent Williams. Yeah. So I mean yeah. I, I mean, is he gonna live up Joe Staley was their previous left tackle, correct? Yeah. Right, right. So well, it, staple. Staple for the franchise. Yeah. Uh so I mean, how much did that help? You know, how much I mean, is he gonna live is uh Trent Williams gonna be as good as Joe Staley? He's been out for three years. 
So what if they yeah. take a drop off at left tackle? All of a sudden, George Kittle, you know, he's getting double teamed, of course. Then all of a sudden, you know, Garoppolo don't have that much time. Or you think the scheme is going to be open no matter what? Well, remember, Joe Joe missed some games, too. So he, he missed yeah. a lot of games. They didn't really fall off. So mm. I, I wouldn't worry too much about that. I think Trent Williams is a, is a talent. And even though he's had a lot of time off and a lot of injuries, I think he is beyond serviceable. So I think – uh, he's certainly better than the backup they had backing up Stanley when he went out. True. They didn't really miss a beat. So, um, you know, as, as, as far as PFF is concerned, Kittle's the number one receiving tight end in the league. Uh, he's the number two run blocking tight end, the number four pass blocking tight end. Uh, I mean, so he, he's he's top four in every category. So you're okay I mean, with your team around George Kittle rather than Garoppolo? Yes. <laughs> I think I think in, in, in a heartbeat. Can all agree, right? Um I, I don't think there's I mean personally I don't think there's much to build around Jimmy Garoppolo, Jimmy G. I mean he's an average quarterback in my opinion well, at best. It is what it is right now. That this is the team that they built around him and they got it to the Super Bowl. I mean That's true. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. I mean, but, you know, I mean, if we're going to look at that, then we're going to have to look at the minuses they have. And they're really not going to sneak up on anybody this year like they did last year. But um, just to go back. So, Jamin, you mentioned Hunter Henry's right now, the highest paid tight end. Was it at 10.6, right? And that's playing on the franchise tag. After after him, if we don't include the tag, then the next is um, Austin Hooper who signed that $42 million with the Cleveland Browns. And his average annual salary – is at 10.5. So, right. um, hey, hey, let's be clear. Neither of those two are even in the same conversation as George Kittle. And I, I think, you know, as far as impact, you look at uh, Travis Kelsey, uh, George Kittle, maybe Rob Gronkowski when he comes back, but that's that's about it. We'll, we'll see what Mark Andrews does this year. Zach Ertz, but, uh, I absolutely. Oh, yeah, Zach Ertz. Yeah, yeah I agree. I agree. He, the, those two, to me, aren't – they're not the top ones. But, you know, you, you want to secure these guys – you got to do it or somebody else is going to do it, really. Um, but also, too, if you look at it, are, are you going to – I mean, going back to – who built a team around a tight end? Like, it's never happened before. I mean, are, are, true, how but, far can you go building your team around a tight end? Right. See, I, I think the 49ers are uniquely built because they just run the ball with, like, expert precision. Yeah. And so their team is really just a run team. You know, they got a, a – average to above average quarterback they don't have dynamite receivers they really just block the receivers block and uh, they run the ball down your throat and i think george kittle really unlocks both that that run game and the little short intermediate passing game they do yeah yeah that's true yeah i agree completely when you look at you look at how they played ball when he was out compared to how they played ball when he was in that's good and i i agree with what you're saying jamin um you know they're built as a running team but I think they're they're more so built like that because they don't have the type of quarterback to really unlock Kyle Shanahan's offense. You know, you look at his offense in Atlanta when he had a Matt Ryan and a Julio Jones, how explosive that offense was. But um, right. I mean, personally, I, I I would I would give George Kittle that money. He he's shown to um, he's shown to be of good character off the field, so you don't have to worry about that. He blocks like a NFL, like some of the top NFL linemen. Um, he can run those routes down the field. He um, runs people over constantly. Like I, I'd pay him, to be honest. With you. I mean, who else are you going to pay on that offense? Right, right. So I, I guess I guess the thing that they're going to run into, um, of course, 
is he's a tight end. So mm-hmm. tight, tight ends just don't get paid that money. And so, you know, they could try to do the Jimmy Graham route where they reclassify him as a wide receiver, but that got shot down. Jimmy Graham got shot down. Because um, remember, in Jimmy Graham's heyday, he functioned essentially as a receiver. And so he was saying, hey, why can't I get that money? I want the same type of money as these, these big-name receivers since I'm putting up the same stats. Uh, and they said, no, you're a tight end. Um, so, I mean, we'll see. It'll get interesting. Like, I think he's worth it. But really, the position seems to have a cap, and, yeah. <laughs> and, and tight ends aren't getting paid that money. And also, I don't. I mean, as good as George Kittle is, those couple of years that Jimmy Graham had, they he oh yeah he was oh, yeah. tearing up the league. I think even more than George Kittle was right now. Yeah, it's, it's, especially as a receiver. Yeah, I don't know about his right. I'm, right. I'm, I'm not saying that the longevity of a career of George Kittle is not going to be better than Jimmy Graham's. Of course, it is. I mean, I, I mean, I think we can all agree on that, but. You know, those couple years that he had that he was going to argue himself to be a wide receiver to get paid like that, he definitely had all the eggs in his basket to do that. And, Absolutely. And, you you know, so if they turn that down, I don't – maybe they don't need yeah. George Kittle their money. Yeah. yeah. Right. I think, Jamie, I think you make a great point about his position. You know, there's only so many positions that you can invest with deep pockets, and those are the cornerstones of your team. Um, you know, quarterback – uh, edge rusher, left tackle, um, thing, things like that. And, you know, I, I think you make a good point. Like, w- tight end doesn't really fit into that. Um, right. So, yeah, I mean, those those are all things that the Niners are going to have to take to the table when, when looking at this. And to be honest, their team without a George Kittle is going to take a huge blow. Yeah, yeah, and that's what I'm saying. He may, he may be forced to sit out a bit or threatened to sit out. We'll see. Yeah. All right, which would be good. Which would be good for me because they they dominate the NFC. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If we didn't um, mention before, Jay's a Jay's a Packers fan. Um, Brad is a, a Chiefs fan. Long Wagon. time, Sorry. long time. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I'm a Ravens fan. That's just you know how we're all getting down. That's that's what we do. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. That beatdown, you know, the Niners took twice last year. That's uh, pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're, they're a bad matchup for us because uh, we're not, you know, they're just too physical. Uh, I thought they were a bad matchup for the Chiefs too, but, you know, do Patrick you know, Mahomes is that equalizer. Do we know what Kittle's stats were in the Super Bowl? I don't. Honestly, no, you know, let, let's, let's make a look. Yeah. Somebody look that up. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, let's pull that up. I don't remember him doing anything eye-popping. Though. No, but, I mean, you know, that blocking – Right, right. Let's see what he did. It says he finished with four catches and 36 yards. Oof. <laughs> Is that somebody you're going to pay? Okay, hold on, hold on. But look, look, against the Packers, he finished with one target for 19 yards. Against Minnesota, he finished with three targets for 16 yards. So I wouldn't attribute, I wouldn't attribute that at all to him disappearing in games. It's just the way the, the – I would say the way the offense is going in the game plan. Like, you know, right. Well, well, remember on the Packers, the Niners only attempted what two passes? I think so. Yeah. yeah. You can't really. I mean, hey, <laughs> when, when you can run down open wide freeways, when the seas part like the Red Sea, um, <laughs> you know, I mean, why would you throw it? I mean, Trent, and you know, you know, the what was going out, it was, it was pretty clear. Everybody agreed that Kyle Shanahan did not trust Jimmy G with the ball. Yeah. Especially after he was throwing picks against Minnesota. Yeah. So. But um okay. 
Well, it seems like we, we kind of are on the same page with this. Yeah, one. yeah. So, okay. So, you know, real quick, Jay, would you would you sign him? Record deal. Uh, I think he's worth it, but I probably wouldn't. Brandon. Uh, I think we lost him. Is he still there? Brandon, you good? Oh, we might have lost him. Uh, no. Chelsea's connected. Can there he is. Okay. Sorry, I had to be back in the uh, app. But, uh, yeah, no, going back to – I think I changed my mind too as well. I think I say no because, you know, going into the playoffs, you're going to run, 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 run the ball because you don't trust Jimmy G. Uh, you give Kittle that long-term deal, you're going to throw the ball. I'm sorry, but you yeah. are. And so that makes more inter- interceptions for Jimmy G. Sorry to say it, but I don't think you do it. You say no, okay. Is that right? Yeah, I say no. Okay. And then, you know, I mean, to me, I was all on board, you know, but when Jay brought up the good point of, you know, your cornerstones, your investment, yes, the salary crap goes up every year, but with every year breaking contracts, players are getting paid more and more, which, you know, I ain't mad at. You, you got to get paid. You ain't going to last. I think the average NFL um, career is two and a half years. But, um, you know, with those cornerstones, you know, I I think he deserves it. Absolutely. Like you said, Jay, but – uh, I'd have to pass as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a lot of money. Yeah. Okay, so the next topic, um, they're, they're doing now the Madden simulation. And in the Super Bowl is, of course, the Baltimore Ravens and those, uh, those Tom Terrific Tampa Brady Buccaneers. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, you know, see, that, that's so surprising to me because I don't think the Buccaneers will even make the playoffs. So it's just it's interesting. Wow, really? You've been voicing that. Yeah, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't buy them at all because I, I, think, I think Tom Brady has fallen off the cliff. I think they got all the tools on offense. But you don't just – you don't put a team together uh, with a new quarterback. You know, they're still – what, they're in year two of Bruce Arians. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I just, I just can't see it, especially in a season like this where there's so much uncertainty. I just – I don't, I don't see them. Uh, I think Tom Brady's either going to be injured or he's just going to be throwing them ducks that Peyton Manning used to do before he retired. Wow. A noodle arm, huh? You think he's a noodle arm? It. Yeah, I mean, I, I was not impressed with him at all last year, at all. So, you know, I think the Patriots lived it, lived off their defense, um, and uh, I, I, you know, yeah. So we'll see. Mm, okay. Okay. I think uh, I think they'll be in the playoffs for sure. You can't count on Tom Brady. Um, you think they're going to win the division? Yeah, I think so. Over the Saints. Over the Saints. Saints are not oh my goodness. goodness. The Saints are not that great. <laughs> That's a spoiler right there. We'll, we'll go over division winners in another podcast. But all right, so we know <laughs> Brandon thinks Tampa Bay is winning the NFC South. The Saints are not that great. Alvin Kamara, I won't get into it. I won't get into it. <laughs> I mean, okay, yeah. So, uh, as far as the, as far as the, uh, the, the, the Madden simulation, that was the biggest surprise to me is that the, the Buccaneers took the number one seed, made it to the Super Bowl. Um, yeah, yeah, they went the whole way. Yeah, so that was that was very surprising to me. But this is just glorified on paper, to me. Right, it's, right. I mean, it's Madden simulation. You know, the the good teams are going to win. The better statted players are going to win because it's computer. It's not a player versus player. 
So, I mean, this is just glorified on paper. This is probably a bunch of people's Super Bowl predictions. Um, you know, they, you know, if it's either Chiefs, Ravens, and then probably a bunch of people saying Buccaneers or Niners again, you know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I didn't even know this was going on until Joe Brandon told me the other day, like, hey, the Chiefs and the Ravens are the AFC championship. I was like, you don't watch that? He's like, yeah. So I watched it a little bit, <laughs> and I had no idea that they put in the free agents and the rookies as well. And, you know, much of what Brandon's saying, like, you know, it's just on paper because the Ravens, I doubt Jake Ryan even makes the team, to be honest with you, but he was on the field, which is confusing. Um, every huddle. Um, for those of you who don't know, Jake Ryan was a Green Bay Packer, middle linebacker. I think yeah, he yeah. was out <laughs> last year, and the Ravens signed him uh, more for depth this year and maybe some special teams value if he can beat out other players. But he ain't definitely going to be on the field starting. Um, <laughs> I think he'll make the. I think he'll make the team. I, I, I don't know. I don't. I, I don't think so. I think you know with Chris Board um, as the other inside linebacker and even Ataro Alaka, I think they can beat him out for special teams because you just draft uh, Patrick Queen and a uh, and a uh, Malik Harrison as your two starters on the inside, and then you have Larry Foot. I mean, not Larry Foot. I'm tripping. LJ Fort, who's the backup, the veteran backup, and then behind that, you're looking at special teams. Uh, but. All right, we'll, we'll have to talk right. about this later because I don't, I don't think you're going to start two inside linebackers, but we'll see. <laughs> uh, you're not going to start two rookies. You know, I didn't think the same thing, but when Harbaugh had that um, that conference, that over-the-phone conference with season ticket holders, he's usually he's usually more reserved when talking about the media. He gives the media answers where, you know, they're going to have to earn it, uh, you know, who knows, and he usually really makes rookies work for their position. I mean, even Orlando Brown, his rookie year, he was better than James Hurst at right tackle. Everybody knew it, but the veteran is the one who started the first, I think, four or five games before he got hurt and Orlando Brown took over. And so it was real yep. uncharacteristic of him to come out and say, Patrick Queen's going to be thrown in the fire. He's going to be out there. When they asked about Malik Harrison, they're like, he's going to be out there too. Like he basically dubbed them unofficial starters right then. Yeah, because I think. I'm sorry. I think that's like a veteran coach move because I know Andy Reid does the same things. He he will start, especially on the offensive line, he will start the veteran over somebody who's clearly, you know, until they actually prove themselves. Yeah. Yeah, I'll tell you this, though. If you if you start two rookies inside linebacker, Derrick Henry is going to be having Oh, man, Derrick Henry, I deal with Calais Campbell up front now. Um, that's true. What is it? Yeah, but, I mean, he, he mentioned, he was like, you know, they're fast, they're out there, they're going to make mistakes, but they're surrounded by another – veteran talent and leadership to minimize those mistakes that they make. Plus he didn't see them making, you know, egregious mistakes, but you know, time will tell season will tell. We'll see. But you know, either way, um, you know, I mean, the Ravens going to beat the, the, the uh, Buccaneers in, in that simulation. So it doesn't matter. I, see that too. <laughs> I, I know. Uh, I know. You know, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> Man, you don't even think they're going to make it. You think they're going to win? This? <laughs> no, 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 no because, no, because what Brandon said is so true. So it, it, you know how it is in Madden. You just take the player. So if you take Tom Brady, let's say, I don't know what he was rated last year, but uh, you, you take Jam- Jameis Winston away from the Buccaneers. You look at their offensive starters. You add Rob Gronkowski back. You add Tom Brady back. And all of a sudden, their overall team grade just shoots up. And so, you know, obviously it's just on paper. Mm-hmm. And I think just on paper, they're much better than the Ravens just and get, on paper. Yeah, 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 here with all that. Okay, speaking of Tom Gronk, I mean, what's his name? Uh, Rob Gronkowski, he lost a bunch of weight last year, was out of the league. Yeah, but the, Madden, Madden doesn't care. Oh, about I, I, yeah, yeah. I, 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 Madden probably put 
um, what 2019 Tom, I mean, uh, Rob Gronkowski in the 20 for it. But um, just speaking to him, um, lost a bunch of weight, was out of the league for a year. So, yeah, it gives him a year for his body to heal up. But then his muscles are probably not used to the pounding that he was taking previously. Um, And, you know, before then, he was constantly on the injured side. So over under nine games that he plays. What do you guys think? I think over. I think he'll. I think the Buccaneers. I'm, I'm gonna go over. Too. Okay. I think the Buccaneers take care of him. Okay. I think he gets probably about six catches, maybe four catches a game. Yeah, because remember they still got Howard there, so I don't think he. I mean, I think they're gonna do a very similar thing to what they did in New England when they had um, the killer. Such a disappointment, huh, Howard? Yeah, he lived up to those those lofty draft expectations. No Buccaneers fans are calling. Um. Okay. Okay. So you guys think that? Okay, but surprises. Surprises in the simulation, though the Madden. I don't simulation. even know. Russell Wilson is no Russell. Russell Wilson is nowhere to be found in these passes. <laughs> <laughs> that was surprising. So you look at the passing leaders. It's Drew Brees, forty-seven hundred. Philip Rivers, forty-six hundred. Patrick Mahomes, forty-six hundred. Aaron Rodgers, forty-three hundred. Matt Ryan, four thousand. Did Matt Ryan hit four thousand mm-hmm. last year? I think so. I think so too. Okay. And then uh, you look at uh, passing TD leaders. Aaron Rodgers, 47. Touchdowns. Get out of here. That's Get out of here. That's a lot. Right? That's a lot. You got, Phillip, you got Phillip Rivers, 41. Drew Brees, 40. Patrick Mahomes, 38. Carson Wentz, 38. Do they think Phillip Rivers is just going to have a Zeus? Uh, seriously. <laughs> He's turning back the clock. I know. Do they think Carson Wentz is going to be healthy enough for that many touchdowns or what? <laughs> That's what I was gonna say. Like, did did Russell Wilson get hurt or something? I yeah, maybe, maybe. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna call <laughs> under on a lot of those. Yeah, <laughs> this is why this is a Madden simulation. Yeah, yeah. So I think that that Super Bowl starting in like an hour. Oh, is it? Okay. Oh. Um. So you guys saw that uh, Madden was delayed, right? You guys saw that. Madden. Oh, what? I didn't. Madden has been delayed. 2021? Yeah. Yeah, Madden's been delayed. And just um, to backtrack, Matt Ryan threw 4,466 yards last year. 26 touchdowns. Wait, say it again? How much? He better. 26 touchdowns, 14 picks. Hey, that's a Jordan Love. Right <laughs> that's, that's, that's for another day, right? Little Jordan Love, PA right there. <laughs> I mean, Matt Ryan, they, 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 they can... 4,000 yards with those receivers that he's got. And Hooper. I mean, Hooper's gone now. but yeah, I, mean, oh, I mean, I mean, they got Hayden Hurst, though, which I think will fill in better than Hooper, personally. I don't, I don't know about better, but that's a good pickup for them. Oh, man. And then you pass on C.D. Lamb? Come on now. <laughs> They need help on that defense. Man, yeah, I don't. I think I don't think Terrell was the guy for that. I think he would have found somebody better than that. But hey, you know. Wait, I thought they got Kinlaw. Nah, Niners got Kinlaw. They took AJ Terrell out of Clemson, who a lot of people pegged as a late first, early second. Wasn't he? Oh, wasn't he the one getting toasted during the national championship? Yeah, yeah. yeah. over and over. It was Jefferson burning him, wasn't it? Uh, that was every receiver burning him. Every, yeah, yeah. I'm going to say everyone was getting a piece. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, okay. All right. So, um, 
Oh man, so who's the winner? Jay, you think Bucks are winning, right? Okay, yeah, I got Bucks. Brandon, I got Baltimore. Of course, you know who I got. I got Baltimore. You already know. <laughs> um, now I know something that most podcasts don't like to do, or they say not to do, and that's to plug in other podcasts or give free sponsorship out. But um, you know, pertaining to what you were saying early on, Jay, about uh, replacing Tom Brady, uh, his surrounding cast. But I mean. I'm sorry, replacing Jameis Winston, inserting a Rob Gronkowski, giving him that surrounding cast. Um, Michael Lombardi on GM Shuffle was is saying the exact same things you're saying. He think, he doesn't think they're going to be that good. Um, he points to what the Bucks were doing before and how Jameis was throwing the ball down the field and how limited Tom Brady was throwing the ball down the field and what his completion percentage was and what his average was. Um, was a lot lower than what Jameis was. So he he just doesn't think it. He thinks this is just over over hype right now. I mean, to listen to it, hey, go listen to GM Shuffle. You'll get more details about it. I'd love to bring to bring everybody listening the insight that he has. But unfortunately, man, I'm just there's a dude over here with opinions based on what I hear from other people. Um, slowly getting Jay on that uh, GM Shuffle train. Me and uh, my uncle trying to get Brandon on it, but uh, what is it? Okay, so so I listen every now and then. So what's the next topic of discussion? Best wide receiver. Best wide receiver. Um, so there was a there was a spat between Michael Thomas and Devontae Parker, and so uh, Michael Thomas was basically just clowning on Devontae Parker about barely producing what his his sixth year in the league now. Is that right? Yeah. And, Michael Thomas? Yeah. No, no, no. Devontae yeah. Parker's sixth year. Um, and so Michael Thomas is telling Devontae Parker, you can't hold my jock, jock strap. You ain't get no seat at this table. You know, shut your mouth. <laughs> and then so just, <laughs> I'm the best. I'm the best there is. I'm the best at right now. Let me clarify that. So um, Denard, was it? Is it Bernard? Bernard Hopkins? No, I'm tripping. That's the boxer. I can't think right now. DeAndre Hopkins comes out and says he's the best receiver. He said them, um, Julio and uh, Michael Thomas have been blessed with their quarterback play. He said, "Look what I've been doing with the carousel of quarterbacks that I've had." So, what do you guys think? Is uh, DeAndre Hopkins the best? If not, who is it? Uh, yeah, DeAndre Hopkins is definitely the best wide receiver. I've been saying for the past three years now. Yeah, it's been some time. Yeah, he's definitely the best wide receiver. He doesn't drop anything. He's always reliable. It doesn't matter who's covering him. He's always open. Double team, triple team. He just he provides every single game. Okay, okay. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a tough one for me. I would say he's uh, I gotta say he's probably the best. Okay, so you guys are, so you guys agree? All right. Yeah, I think in, in general, when you look at Julio Jones and Michael Thomas, the other two, I think people would throw in there. You also have to factor in the the quarterback. Oh. So, um, I mean, I I just think there's no there's no way around it. And so Michael Thomas and Julio Jones have had adequate to good to great quarterback play their entire career. Whereas, you know, as you said, Hopkins has been through quite a gamut. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's had just awful quarterbacks, awful quarterback play consistently until Deshaun Watson got there. Um, right. But, that, you know, the, uh, that might aid a little bit into his spectacular catches that everybody sees. <laughs> bad balls. So he might be uh, a little bit aided by that, you know, uh, but it's okay. I mean, I let's just see what he does with um, – with uh, Murray, I mean, that should be interesting. But, you know, uh, like you said, going back to Julio Jones, I just can't pick a top wide receiver in the game who doesn't have a touchdown catch in like eight weeks. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, he had six touchdowns so, last year. Yeah, I just yeah. – I can't if, if, I can't do it. I just can't pick – you know, I, my wide receiver needs to catch touchdowns. So, I mean, I'm going to Andre Hopkins. So if you look at the the PFF ratings, you'll have uh, Chris Goodwin, Godwin. number one. You'll have the, yeah, Godwin. It's just based on so high. Like he's just was he that much of a monster last year? He did good. I didn't see it. He did real good. He, he was good. He was good. Um, but you got Chris Goodwin, Julio Jones, Michael Thomas, Devontae Adams, and then DeAndre Hopkins at five. That's disrespectful. Uh, I mean, that's based, that's based yeah. on the season, though. Let's keep it in perspective. That, yeah, that's just that's just the season. But I would say, you know, you're going to find that. And I don't think the numbers are going to tell the whole story no. with Hopkins. And so, um, you know, I, I certainly wouldn't put Chris uh, Godwin number one. But, uh, you know, based off last year, if you're only looking at last year, I can see why somebody would. Um, but I just think Hopkins, again, consistently, time in and time out, he's always there, always there to make big plays. You know, some people make the argument that he fades when um, – uh, when uh, – Will Fuller. What's that guy's name? Fuller is out. But I, I don't know. I, I just You look at his talent, his route running, leaping ability, uh, yards after the catch, contested catches. He, he really can do he it all. He beats man. He beats zone. Like, yeah. and, and that's what I'd say the biggest knock on him is, how he disappears when Will Fuller is out. Now, not, that's not to say he doesn't do anything in a game. But you don't see those extraordinary games from him when Will Fuller's not in there. Um, and Will Fuller really unlocks that offense. And, and DeAndre really seems to thrive off of Will Fuller. But it doesn't seem like he's himself when Will Fuller's not there. Um, but everybody has an, everybody right. has help. Michael Thomas has Drew Brees. Right. And probably uh, what I mean, one of the You just call the quarterback his help. Like, you know, I mean, we're going to say that. Then DeAndre Hopkins has Deshaun Watson. Well, yeah, but he I mean does he have okay. a top five offensive line? Who? Oh no. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, so counter argument though is when Drew Brees went out, Michael Thomas was still a beast because he uh, runs five yard slants. <laughs> 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 yeah, um, and, and and he he had the most targets last year by far. So who who did? Um, Michael Thomas. Thomas. Yeah, man, they, they throw him the ball like literally every, every time. Doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, so that that's why it, it is possible that the numbers lie. It, as strange as that sounds, because when you're comparing two wide receivers and you look and you say, "Oh man, look, this guy has freaking fifteen hundred yards, this many touchdowns." You look at this other guy, you're like, oh, he only has twelve hundred. Yeah. But you look at the targets. Yeah. You know, you look at the team play, the quarterback play. That all has to factor. Because does Mike, Michael Thomas can't go deep? I've never seen him really burn the top off of somebody and go deep and do a nine round. He's not fast. And He's not fast, but he, he can do a contested catch deep, though. All right. So just for clarification right now, last year, Michael Thomas had 
where is it at? 185 targets with 149 receptions. Don't ask me what the percentage of those were catchable. I don't have that um, on hand. Um, he had an 80.5 catch rate. Um, DeAndre Hopkins had 150 targets, 104 catches with a 77.7 catch rate. I'm sorry, a 69.3 catch rate. I'll just leave. So about 30 more targets? Yeah, I'd say that. Um, so that, you know, those are just the numbers, um, you know, we're talking about, uh, targets and catches and stuff. Uh, you know, I mean, for me at this point, I mean, even go, even if we're talking about Chris Godwin, I still wouldn't consider him at all top five. Um, you know what they say, you know, one, one year is an anomaly. It's when you string together consecutive years that we actually know you're legit. Uh, perfect example. Yeah. I mean, being in the same conversation, being in the same realm of what we're talking about with receivers. I mean, look at uh, what, what's old boy's name out of Baylor um, with uh, Cleveland Browns, Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon had those monster years, right? But, I mean, what has he done since then? When he was with New England, even that last year. Well, he can't, he can, but, though. you know, he has the opportunity to still go in the game and play, right? I mean, he had a handful of games and he, he wasn't doing nothing. I just – I think, you know, the, the gas is out on him. But, I mean, if Chris Godwin can replicate or even come close to the kind of year he had this year as he had pri- uh, previously, oh, yeah, I think we, I think you'd have to throw him up in there. But uh, See, I, see I, I can't even say that because when you got another pro bowler uh, to, your, to your right, uh, you know, that, oh, that makes Kevin? a big difference. It's the same thing. Yeah, it's the same thing you saw with Stefan Diggs and Adam Thielen. Like one of them goes out, the numbers severely mm-hmm. drop because you can't put, you know, you, you can't simply say, Hey, I got my best corner. This best corner is going to go take away, you know, Michael Thomas or be on Michael Thomas. You can't do that when you got two. Yeah. I mean, and then the argument, so, can, the counter could be made for Michael Thomas. I mean, who does Michael Thomas have the opposite of him? It don't matter. It's Sean Payton and Drew Brees and all that. Yeah. See, I, I hear you. I hear you. Cause these guys are just, these guys are just genius play callers, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sean Payton certainly is. So is uh, Bill Belichick. We'll see how, we'll see how Bill had to do this year without Brady and how they go along with Stidham. Right. All right. So to project into the future, who do you guys got as the top Ooh, this, this season for next year? Yeah. For this upcoming top year. receiver. Hmm. Hmm. That's a good question. Now remember Hopkins. Yeah, is he is. Now. You know, old Fitz Matt, Fitz, uh, uh, Fitzgerald on the end. Yeah, man, the dude don't age, does he? So, so I, I, I've been telling, I've been telling AJ this. You know, it's gonna sound biased, of but I'm course, gonna have Devontae Adams at the top. Hold on, hold on, though. I'm telling you. So remember, he missed four games last year, and he was still the number four receiver in the league. So. I'm just saying, and they were in the first year of their system under Matt Lafleur. The timing was awful. Aaron Rodgers was awful. That guy I mean, was still Aaron, be. So in year two. See, the Aaron Rodgers uh, still ain't gonna be awful. No, I think I think okay. the timing improves with with consistency. So I I think you're gonna see Devontae Adams, you know, putting up the the uh, DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones, um, okay. Michael Thomas numbers. I say no, but I hear you. I hear you. <laughs> um, okay, I, I see. I think that that goes underrated too often 
Um, when you look at a year, like the first year being in an offense, the first year being a coach, and still the playbook still hasn't opened up in that first year because you're still learning everything. It's not until really year two or year three when the playbook's like completely open and you're running everything. Um, so, right. you know, with that being said, just 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 remember, it was only the first year of Greg Roman's offense for the Ravens last year. So, you know, mm-hmm. just, no, that, was, that was year one. Oh. He was there last like, year, but he was the tight ends coach. I mean, I'm sorry. So, the year okay. – okay. Hollywood coach, And then he was the offensive coordinator last year. Okay. All right. So, who are you picking? Oh, man. You know, I mean – Honestly, I gotta go with DeAndre Hopkins. Um, I, Same. It's gonna, be, it's gonna be his first year. He has. Uh, he's gonna have Kyler Murray back there. He's got. Um, man, I get Cliff Kingsbury, who likes to throw the ball. Uh, and then he's mm-hmm. gonna have uh, Larry Fitzgerald, who doesn't seem to get hurt or age. On the other side, uh, that that's that's who I gotta roll with. Yeah. How about yeah, you, Same. All right, let's segue back to the Madden simulation. Let's see who they oh, had. Oh, man, here we receiver. go. So, so they had Devontae Adams, <laughs> number one. Uh, T.Y. Hilton, number two. Tyreek Hill, number three. Tyreek Hill, number three. Larry Fitzgerald, really? number four. Ooh. And Brandon Cooks, number five. Uh, that was in receiving. In receiving TDs, we got Brandon Cooks, number one. Jarvis Landry, number two, with 13. Nelson Aguilar, 13. So now uh, Devontae Adams completely bogus. <laughs> they, think, they think Brandon Cooks will get that much smoke in, uh, in Houston, really? I, 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 I think he will. I think, I think he'll beast out. Oh, man. Yeah, started, That's he, funny. He really tailed off last year. Yeah, no, I don't think he's going to put up monstrous numbers, but I think he'll have I think he'll have a good Well, season. you know, it, it, it remains to be seen. We'll, we'll uh, Count me on the pessimistic side on, on that one. Okay. And we're talking okay. about Brandon Cooks, at least. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, oh, man, I can't believe they gave up what they gave up for that dude. Um, it's Bill right. Do we got time? Do we got time for a quick? Hit? All right. Yeah. Let's run them. All right. So how do you think the the teams will be affected if they're forced to play without fans? I mean, right now, what they're anticipating, at least like 25 percent of fans in the stadium. Uh, I think with those with those teams right. that you know are home teams, with those teams that you know there, there's a consensus among the the players and the coaches where they know it's tough to travel and play in that stadium. Um, I think they they are going to be definitely affected. I don't think it inhibits their ability to execute and to play at all, but it um, it affects the opposing team and how they play now. Um, man, you know, I, I think I mentioned you before when they were talking, when they were throwing it around about playing games in empty stadiums, about them looking at them, like funneling in some type of crowd noise, doing some type of research and looking at the statistics about when the, what, you know, what situations of the game did the crowds really get loud and like trying to figure out if they could try and funnel crowd noise on the, on the speakers during those times to try and simulate as best they can as a, as a real game. But um, I don't know if it's going to be too, if it's going to uh, be too bad. If as of now they're at 25%, who knows where we're at come September. Yeah. What do you think, Brandon? 
Um, I'm sorry, I was looking up something real quick. What was uh, the question? Oh man, How, what do you what do you think about the, what do you think about teams being impacted with no? Oh fans? yeah, do you think it'll have any impact? Yeah, I was looking at most pre-snap penalties, and the uh, Baltimore Ravens, I think, had what I saw real quick was at least top five uh, pre-snap penalties. So obviously, it's going to affect teams like that that do have you know, especially Arrowhead, Arrowhead is one of the toughest places to play. Denver is actually a really, really tough place to play. And then you're going to have people going in there and not having to worry about, you know, hearing audibles and pre-snap penalties and things like that. I'm sure there'll still be some, but, you know, I think flying is difficult enough, you know, traveling from West coast to mid Midwest or East coast to West coast and stuff like that. So obviously there's still going to be challenged for the weight team, but what can you do? You have to, um, you know, you have to go along with what's going on because of everything with COVID-19, but um, it's yeah. definitely going to have an effect on some teams. More, more so than some, yeah. you know. Yeah, I think especially these dome teams, I, I think that's a tremendous disadvantage for them, and I'm actually looking forward to playing Minnesota with no fans. Oh, man, yeah, I mean, you know, so. Indy's already been known to pipe in crowd noise. Man, that ain't going to stop them. <laughs> that ain't going to stop them. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it, it gets loud in I'll those tell you, domes. So every every time we go to Minnesota, I'll tell you what. Uh, hey, the LA Chargers will benefit from this greatly. <laughs> <laughs> They're used right? to playing with no or, or always being in away games. Right. What's we'll with the new right. stadium? They're supposed to be in this year. Oh man, I mean, you know, the, I think there's just too much in LA. There, there's too many teams, and there's too much to do in California. With, with, I mean, with other places like uh, Kansas City, you know, I mean, all they know is sports. I mean, that's kind of like what they have is sports. And that's why you see a consensus among the fans who are all Chiefs and Royal fans. Whereas out here, uh, we're out like in L.A. or in California. There's too many things to do. People go to the mountains. People are going to Hollywood. People are going to the beaches. They're not really worried yeah. about sports yeah. too much. And then when you're talking about sports, you're like, oh, well, what team? Because we have like 50 out here is what they're saying. Like, oh, we got like 100 teams out here. Look at what do they have? So right. many teams. Like, it's so much going on. And when you see those fans travel and make those home games away games for the Chargers, I mean, those are just those diehard fans really traveling. Right, right. Yep. All right, guys. Well, this was a good first yeah. podcast. Absolutely. Um, you know, be be on the lookout. We're gonna try to put out more. We'll have an email and a Twitter set up. Um, going through future episodes, what we'd love to do is we'd love to get uh, knowledgeable fans on here to talk about. We're gonna do a segment where we talk about other teams. Um, you know, the additions, the subtractions, the free agents, the the coaches, the draft, and get your opinion. On, whether, on where you think the team direction's going, how well do you think they're going to do over or under Vegas numbers. And so, um, you know, we'd love to hear from different people, uh, fans of those teams. So that's a segment we're all looking forward to doing and getting everybody on here. Please, um, we'll, we'll, submit, we'll submit an Definitely. email in the comments, and we'd love to hear some feedback, some things you thought we would did well, some things you thought we can improve on or do better. Um, you know, constructive criticism is always welcome. And just remember, at the end of the day, it's always your opinion.
Hey, as dumb as it is, it's it, it's your opinion. <laughs> oh man! Oh, I'm just playing. Yeah, hey, hey, we're opinionated. It's our opinion. You know, and let us hear yours. All right, guys. I uh, hope you all have a good night. Stay safe out there, and uh, and tune in. All right. Thanks, guys.